0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 8, The Majesty of Our Maker. Turn over to Psalm
1: 57 for a moment. Get a little bit more on this, Psalm 57. What does it mean, exalted above the heavens? Psalm 57. Let's take a peek. Psalm 57 in verse 5 it says, Be exalted above the heavens, O God, let thy glory be above all the earth. Skip down to verse 9. I will give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the peoples, I will sing praises to thee among the nations, for thy loving kindness is great to the heavens thy truth to the clouds. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let thy glory be above all the earth. When you read your Bible, many times God is called God most high. What does that mean? It means that he is the highest. He is above all things that he made. Creation is from him. He is above the stars. He is above man. He is above everything that he made because he is the supreme one. This is what it means to call him majestic and Lord and to say holy is his name. He is above his creation. And you could say in one sense outside of his his creation. That's why God can be timeless, by the way, or eternal. He started it. There was a time before time began, 2 Timothy 1.9, as hard as that is to fathom in our minds. God began everything when He created the world and He created uh, evening and morning. He is the author of time, therefore He is not bound by time. He is above or outside of His creation, yet He's also intimately involved in His creation. Sometimes people think the stars are the highest thing, but that's not true. God is above them. However that works in terms of spatial studies and all of those things. In the book of Genesis, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine to Abram. Now he was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high. Listen to this. Possessor of heaven and earth. That's Genesis 14 18 and 19. The king of Sodom then comes and offers some stuff to Abram, and Abram refuses. He says, I'm not going to allow you to make me wealthy. Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. When Jesus was on the earth and the demons acknowledged who he was, seeing Jesus, this man who was possessed by a multitude of demons, cried out, fell before Jesus, and said in a loud voice, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. God is the Most High in that He is above His creation, but He is above also all false gods. He is King of kings and Lord of lords and God of gods. In fact, every other so-called God with a small g is false and nothing anyway. He is the Most High. He is above it all, supreme and glorious. Turn to the book of Isaiah for a second. It's a little bit to your right, Isaiah 14. We know that Satan fell and he desired to be like God. This is interesting language in light of what we're looking at, that God is the Most High. Isaiah 14, when Stephen's speaking to the Sanhedrin, he says, but it was Solomon who built a house for God. You want Isaiah 14? However, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool, the footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? What place is there for my repose? Was it not my hand which made all these things? Acts 7, 47 through 50. Check out Isaiah 14, 12. Scholars, a consensus of scholars believe this is talking about Uh, Lucifer's fall, and here's what it says. Isaiah 14, 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You've been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne, notice, above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself... What's your Bible say? Like the Most High. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Back to Psalm 8. So you can see God's special place, uniquely His. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the psalm moves from the majesty of the created things like stars to the creation of man, namely to children. Verse 2, Psalm 8, From the mouth of infants and nursing babes thou hast established strength. If you have an NIV, it says, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. I'll uh, comment just for a second that ordaining praise comes from the Septuagint version. That's the Greek version of the Hebrew Old Testament, is completed about 250 BC. And it was the Bible most quoted during the time that Jesus was on the planet. And so the alternate reading, you have perfected praise or ordained praise, comes from the Septuagint version. That's why you have a little difference in uh, some of the modern translations. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength or you have ordained praise. There is something amazing about little children praising God. In fact, they don't have to really be convinced that there's a God. Uh, All you have to do is just share some basics with them and they get it. And uh, they have this, you know, Jesus said, he talked about childlike faith. And in fact, he said, unless you have the faith as a child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And someone once said we have to have a child's heart and a grown up's brain. We are to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It doesn't mean that you just check your brain at the door. You you want to have a grown up mind. You want to be good at studying the word and you know uh uh glorifying God with your intellect, but you also want to have childlike faith. God is your father. He, he has adopted you into his family, and when little kids are up here either singing songs or doing the kids' praise plays, it is so cute to just watch them praise the Lord, and especially when one of them goes a bit rogue. Have you ever noticed that? There's always a couple that go rogue in the play, right, and they're off just doing their own thing and <laughs> waving at their parents and that kind of thing, and you know what? That's all right, because it's just it's just a blessing, to see the wonder of a child. Uh, not every child gets to grow up in a home where God is praised. Maybe you did not. Maybe uh, for you, it, uh, it was something that you realized when you were older. Oftentimes when you are raised in an atheistic household, uh, if, if it's militant, there's even anger towards God. And a lot of people, you know, there, there's reasons why people end up there. So I'm not going to comment a lot on that, but I'll just tell you this, that once you realize that you were made by God and he loves you and has a plan for your life, it just changes everything. And I think little children don't really have to spend a lot of time getting all the garbage out of the way because they're just, you know, they, they just uh, ooze with the image of God, I think, is... Uh, how we'd say it. You've heard the phrase out of the mouths of babes and sometimes when we say that it's a negative connotation. You know, kids say the darndest things, don't they? Especially in the store in front of people that you didn't want them to repeat it in front of. (laughs) No, don't say that. But you said that a couple hours ago. Yeah, but we'll only say those things in certain settings when other people aren't listening. (laughs) You'll figure that out when you grow up. (laughs) Right? And so... The majesty of God is a positive here from the mouths of babes or little children. You have perfected praise or ordained strength. Psalm 139 comes to mind. Turn over there. Psalm 139. This is the majestic psalm speaking of the creation of humans. And namely, uh, David is here celebrating God's handiwork in making humans. Psalm 139 uh, let's look at verses, we'll start at verse 13. And uh, Darren, let's go to that second picture. I wanted to show the folks kind of a joyful picture here. Uh, I think it's the next one. There you go. So, so you know, that, that's just so neat to see. Uh, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Uh, there's a story some years ago. I'm trying to remember the exact setting of it, but it was during the war, World War One or two, and there was fighting going on. there was a shooting, and a little child walked out of a home or a barn, and uh, you know the enemies were firing at one another, and they saw the little kid coming through the midst of the firing line, and they everybody stopped. And just for a moment, the presence of a little child, the innocence of a little child, stop the war stop the fighting and sometimes you know when we're going through life sometimes we just need to be smacked with the reality that we're setting a tone for the next generation and sometimes the innocence of a child and what's best for a child comes to the fore you know what i'm saying we, we realize what are we doing we, we need to stop
0: you'll hear more from pastor
2: michael in a moment I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I could be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too? I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him, and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012, thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see Walk in Truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank you.
0: We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Stop the fighting.
1: And sometimes, you know, when we're going through life, sometimes we just need to be smacked with the reality that we're setting a tone for the next generation. And sometimes the innocence of a child and What's best for a child comes to the fore. You know what I'm saying. We we realize what are we doing? We we need to stop. You know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but with the whole uh, debate in our culture about abortion and you know uh, laws that have passed been passed in certain states about not even giving basic medical care to a botched abortion, I, I don't even know. How to comment on that, because it's just like we've lost, how, how is it that we could even think that that's okay? Now, this is not an indictment on those of you who have experienced an abortion, but, but our eyes have been opened even to that, right? You become a Christian, and then you realize, you know, and for some of you who have gone through abortion, you kind of do this, what have I done? And then, and then you learn to rest in the, in the goodness and grace of God. This is what David says. He says, Psalm one thirty nine thirteen. Note the emphasis on made. Thou didst form my inward parts. Thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. One thirty nine fourteen. I will give thanks to thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works. My soul knows it very well. This is the updated New American Standard in 13. You formed my inward parts. You wove me. In my mother's womb, when God designed man, and even in the womb, uh, I would argue that the womb is one of the most sacred places in all the world. And God is a weaver. He forms. He is doing his handiwork. And, and I'm not going to tell you that I understand all of that. But I, what I, one thing I do know is that it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. When uh, Shane was born, if you turn to the book of Genesis chapter 2, our first child, Brenda, was uh, being prepared. And uh, I was literally pacing the hallways. And I, I never understood that whole thing about pacing until my wife was about to give birth to our firstborn. And I was pacing. And there, there was a nurse that was there from the church. And she was like, calm down, Pastor Michael. Calm down. <laughs> Give me one of those brown bags. I need to breathe into it. And I was pacing and Shane was finally born and they wrapped him up tight and they put him in one of those little blankies and I carried him out to my mother-in-law, Ann. And they had wrapped him so tight that it didn't look like he had legs. And Ann later said, I thought maybe something was wrong, but he he was wrapped so tight. And then when we opened up the blanket, he went bling and he he did have legs and it was cool, but, but anyway... I'm not even sure why I went there. <laughs> Genesis 2. Maybe just for the pling. Oh. Verse 4. This is the account or the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. This is the, uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 4, is the account of the heavens and the earth When they were created, this is not a second creation account, but the scene is more localized to the garden. I just want you to see verse 7. Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed man, ha-adam, of dust from the ground, and breathed, or blew literally, into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, you guys know that when you study the creation account, God said, God said, God said, but when He made man, verse 7, Genesis 2, God formed of the dust of the ground. He formed man. The play on words in English is something like this. God formed earthling from earth. This is a term uh, formed or crafted. It's yasar in Hebrew. And it's used for a potter shaping pottery. Although God created light with a mere word, he created man by fashioning a body out of mud and clay. Uh, This is from, um, oh, I think it may be Hughes. Uh, Out of mud and clay, transforming clay into something new. One writer says it was in close proximity, it was... Breath to breath, life to life. God formed him and then breathed into him. Almost the view, the, the view could be almost like God did mouth to mouth to breathe life into the first man. He formed him by his creative handiwork and then breathed his breath into him. God is Uh, so intimately involved in the creation of mankind that this is what he does in the garden. He forms him in close proximity. You know, when you form something, if you've ever seen a potter with the clay, man, it's a close relationship, and the water's going, and the the shaping's going, and you could imagine some of that, and then the, the breath goes in. He formed is the idea of careful design, and then he breathed into man, the breath of life. Do you remember when Jesus healed the blind man, the man born blind? He took mud and spittle, his own spit, and he formed clay out of it and he put it on the man's eyes. The man had been born blind and he told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And uh, scholars like to take that scene back to Genesis 2 and point to the fact that Jesus, get this, is the creator. How many things did Jesus make? All things. And so that garden scene, you have to think of the triune God now. See, He is the one that formed us. The one that formed us became one of us. That's deep, isn't it? The God who formed us in the garden and made us to be in His image also became one of us. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, Psalm 33, 6. By the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength. Uh, Turn over to Matthew, Matthew 19. Two times in the New Testament, Psalm 8 is quoted once by Jesus in the book of Matthew. I want to show you just a couple glimpses and show you the direct quotation because I think it answers how we interpret Psalm 8, verse 2. So Matthew 19, verse 13. This will be familiar to you. Some children were brought to Jesus, Matthew 19, 13, so that he might lay hands on them. And pray, and the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Matthew nineteen fourteen, "Let the children alone, and do not hinder them from coming to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these." And after laying his hands on them, he departed from there. Flip over to Matthew twenty one fourteen. The blind and the lame came to Jesus in the temple twenty one fourteen of Matthew, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that He had done, 21.15, and the children who were crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. You would think that they would become thrilled, but they became indignant. And they said to Him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read experts of the law? (laughs) Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes, Thou hast prepared praise for thyself. You have perfected praise. You have ordained praise. And he left them, the religious leadership, who were indignant and went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. Isn't it amazing? When Jesus was doing miracles in the temples, the little kids got it. And the little kids began to say, Hosanna to the son of David. And the religious leaders were like, quiet, quiet those little kids. Those little kids knew more than they knew or at least were willing to praise. They were praising instead of you, religious leaders. You should have been praising him. You should have been lauding him, but instead you rejected him to protect your precious little positions in the nation. And they did what you should have been doing and they convicted you. And instead of joining with the little kids and following their lead... You wanted them to be quiet just like when the people were giving jesus uh proclamation as the messiah from psalm 118 and they said tell them to be quiet and jesus said if they're quiet i'm telling you the rocks are going to cry out it's going to be the first rock concert <laughs> yes yeah. if they're quiet the stones are crying out here's the irony the rocks and the children know more than the religious brass of the day who sadly had become the enemies of Yahweh. Maybe they're the ones in Psalm 8 too.
0: You've been listening to The Majesty of Our Maker, part two on Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 8. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And just a reminder that Michael Lance is the Senior Pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. If you live in Southern California, we'd love it if you joined us for any of our church services, Bible studies, or any one of the many events we do throughout the year. Stay up to date by downloading the Living Truth app. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. If you're not in Southern California, we invite you to subscribe to the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel, where you can watch Pastor Michael's messages live on Sunday mornings. Visit walkintruth.com to learn more. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on the radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $10 a month is greatly needed. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us on Monday for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 8, called The Majesty of Our Maker. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.